Good morning, Jay Stansel here from Product Coalition and today I've got an interview for you with uh, Varun uh, Barua from Outsell in India. Uh, Varun's co-founder and product manager at Outsell and um, Varun and his co-founders have, have successfully built a, a technology product um, fr from scratch using some uh, common lean principles such as getting out and uh, and chatting to the customer market and Varun's going to share with us today um, some of the ways he's been able to do that and how they've essentially created a, a gamification and alternative learning product for the sales industry which has recently won them um, multiple awards uh, the most recent being at the UK Trade and Investments Tech Rockership Awards in 2016. So we'll go over now to Varun and he can tell us a little bit more about himself and the product. Definitely. Thanks Jay and Product Coalition for providing this opportunity. Uh, I mean, happy to be here everyone. Uh, as, as you introduced rightly, my name is Varun. I'm the co-founder, product manager of Outsell. Uh, so, uh, I, I mean, uh, the, the, the term we coined Outsell is, is basically to enable sales employees to be better in their job. And, and how do you do it? We use some sort of alternative learning, gamification, game mechanics, other theories, which is out of the box and ensure uh, the sales employees love the way they learn and be productive on the field. Okay, okay. Yeah. And uh, are you from a sales background, Varun? Uh, how did you identify this problem? Ah, so, so uh, it goes back to 2014 when uh, I, I met I met my co-founders, so they are, they are basically into learning engagement background. I'm from technology background. Those days, we are more keen on exploring different techniques, how to bring in an engagement element into that learning space. And then we started ideating, ideating and conceptualizing, brainstorming any product which could help solve this problem because we know from an industry standpoint that 80% of the training which has been done to any enterprise employees, sales employees, is been lost if it's not reinforced within 60 days. And 80% of the sales employees uh, who who are on the on the field are not that productive. And and in terms of revenue, in terms of product uh, revenue which a company generates. The 70% of the revenue is generated from 20% of the products. So high margin products or, or the mid margin products are not being able to push much by the sales guys. At the same time, uh, the real time sales conversation, which they need to have effectively with the customers are not happening. So wh what is the problem? How do you solve it? How do you break it up with a non-traditional method? Okay, okay. You, you mentioned uh, at the start there around ideation and, and prototyping. Um, could, you, could you share a little bit about how you, you tested prototypes and those ideas with, with your, your, your customers or potential right, customers? Right, right. So, so uh, I mean, uh, me and my uh, founders, co-founders uh, attended a lot of uh, sessions, seminars, uh, conferences across speaking about engagement, uh, the gap in learning, how to solve it. The, 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 the term gamification was coined back, back in early 2000s and it, it was still a term which is which has not been used by industries to solve real business problems. So 
so uh, when we start thinking of building a product uh, on on search terminologies so what are different elements we look up to it so we thought of building an an entire product which flows in three different directions and it basically tries to solve uh, the engagement or metrics of metrics of an different enterprise product at the same time user when he onboards a product and he moves from one level to other how he is been uh, patted on his back or he's been motivated on each of his journeys and he knows his progress report so so to cut cut this story down so initially we thought of uh, uh, i mean putting some game narratives into the entire element uh, we did basically sketching and then creating a sort of uh, design templates in envision or other format and then and then start thinking of building a product but at the same time uh, what smart move we did like we st- we start speaking to a lot of different corporates clients and then pitching about our idea and then they saw a lot of interest that this this is the some kind of product which can solve the problem which the market exists okay so what i'm hearing here is um iterations of UI designs um, and one-to-one interviews with um, potential customers right. and, and using that sort of co-creation with the right. future market to create right. create the product. Okay, fantastic. Right. Um, and for a lot of startups, even just getting that one interview to talk about an idea can be quite mm-hmm. difficult. Um, how did uh, you and your co-founders find it um, getting into the enterprises to be able to have a conversation um, with them about this type of product? Was it using your networks or um, what, what techniques did you use to be able to get in front of people? So, so uh, to bring in, a little, bring in a little context of how uh, we got access to these networks or these industry veterans. So one of my co-founder, uh, Raj Dam, he, he happened to be uh, the country's number one quizzing company CEO. So, so he has he has been in this learning engagement industry for long, and he's 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 recognized as as a country's top two three quizzing quiz masters uh, across. So he has hosted across around eighty more than eighty events. Uh, 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 dealt with like hundred odd corporates, and he knows people in the industry. So. So, but the thing is, he has been doing, or the company Quizjox has been doing a business which is not repeatable and scalable because we are doing most of the business which are service-led, nothing sort of a product-led, but that was more an offline or or some kind of a little bit of online. We thought of coming together, building a product, and then reviewing it with those industries who came up with this problem statement like two, three years back, and, and to validate if we build a product like this, how would you perceive on that? So, so we never hard-coded any part of it unless we get a validation from a product line. So initially, when we started pitching to a lot of, lot of industry veterans, they showed interest. So the funny part of it, like after the first pitch, uh, first call, uh, first sales pitch, they are very keen at looking at the product demonstration. So I had to quickly hack it around and then show some kind of a design for them to convince that we are on the track of building the product out as soon as possible, yeah. Right, okay, fantastic. And uh, yeah. so what I'm hearing from, uh, from, from you there is, um, is around be, being very lean and, and, and changing your product on demand as you're learning as fast right. as possible with the conversations you're having from people. Okay, right. fantastic. Um, 
so we, we've spoken about um, the problem and how you validated uh, that with the industry. We've we've touched on a little bit around the channels to the market mm -hmm. of of, of um, to get in front of customers. Um, could you tell tell us a little bit around maybe um, who the customer market is? Um, whilst I, I, I appreciate it's a it's a assist with selling. Um, and you mentioned enterprise. Is it specific enterprises that are set up in a certain way or a specific size or have a particular way of working? Uh, what, what can you tell us about the customer segment that, that you've right. found that works really well for your product? Right, right. So uh, uh, when it started off in 2014, late 2014, it took us like seven, eight months to, to get the first MVP out. And then uh, once the product is out, out to ship in the market, uh, we started going after all different segments, all different verticals, uh, even under sales, business heads, even under L&D heads, even the marketing heads, in retail, BFSI, manufacturing, pharmaceuticals, everywhere. But then we realized that we, we, with a band of 18 guys who are trying to build this product and set a footprint in a particular industry, this sort of marketing approach or go-to-market approach is not going to work. So we have to narrow down our approach and focus on one segment or probably focus on L&D or sales and uh, sales effectiveness or sales enablement. And even in sales effectiveness, we cannot, we cannot lay our hands in all different verticals. We have to be expert in one particular sector or vertical and then try to, try to be like a big fish in a small pond and then take the same product out and try to replicate in different verticals. So initially... And, and this is one part of the entire uh, strategy. And second part is like uh, when we started speaking, speaking about gamification, uh, alternative learning, there are a lot of uh, throwback questions to us, like uh, how can a, a terminology like this can impact in, in, in a real business problem? At the same time, trying to understand, trying, the, trying to educate the customers on these terminologies is like a bit, problematic for us. So that's the reason why we, we have to pivot a lot in our value proposition and market proposition. We start, we'll, in, a, in, a, in the last year or the later part of the last year, we started, we left using the, we stopped using the term gamification. We just try to pitch in like as in sales effectiveness or sales productivity or sales enablement. Because gamification leaves a lot of uh, tangent questions where they, they, they think us to be a gaming company where gamification is very much different uh, to, the, to what game really means. Okay, okay. I think that's probably a good lead in to, to talk about the, your unique value proposition. And maybe if you could, um, if, if we could play this out in, in almost a role play persona method. So if, if I'm a sales guy and um, sales of average, I'm looking at new ways of increasing sales effectiveness for me and my team over the next 12 months. Um, how would I use Outsell? What was the unique value that I'm going to get out of this that I wouldn't have seen or, uh, or used before? Right. Uh, so uh, to to come into this, uh, I mean, to to before pitching in, we we'll, we'll do a lot of we we'll a lot of customer validation. So we try to find the right customers who are not not that receptive towards technology. They understand technology. They appreciate that a technology can solve a real business problem. Now, now uh, if I have to pitch into you, assuming you are a uh, business head or a uh, marketing or an, a sales head of a company, I'll just simply just try to dig in 
and try to figure out what is it that is lacking or what is it that has resulted in an uh, in an uh, uh, what you call uphill revenue growth or it has what could have done better in your entire process that could have laid in a more revenue so what we what we have gathered from the, from the market is like there are two factors one uh, i mean sales guys one sales guys are more comfortable selling the product which are good to sell in the market they are not comfortable in selling high margin products which the company pushes for because uh, the the company's revenue comes the company is okay with competitive products which are already selling the market and even sales guys quota is fulfilled with selling those products but the high margin products which needs need more of product knowledge more of uh, 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 Q&A more of a uh, back end for the customer sales guys are not comfortable with secondly uh, uh, sales guys so the, the entire process of a sales onboarding if, if I'm a sales guy joining in a company I'll have a typically onboarding classroom training where I go where I uh, I mean go through this process of one month or two weeks or three weeks depending on the company and then post, post that I have been handed over a bunk uh, what do you call a uh, 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 pile of product literatures be it an online and offline format where i can choose to refer refer back when i pitch into a customer but that normally doesn't happen when a sales guy goes and goes and pitch to a customer uh, and if a customer questions him back about a product uh, what i call product specification or product uh, or capabilities he take up the call and directly calls in the product manager or a marketing manager of the company and inquires about this particular question and get it back to the customer so how can you reduce that interaction between the customer and the sales guys and how can you make those pitching or communication more effective so that he communicates what he's supposed to communicate and he can show the value of the product uh, to the particular customer so this is what we are trying to say that if uh, if we can increase the productivity of a sales guy with so-so percentage and we can reduce the turnaround time of a sales guy being go-to-market on the field, it could lead to X amount of revenue growth for the company. Okay, all right, thank you. Um, have probably, you... probably, I hope I've been able to pitch in the right way. Probably my founder will be the right guy who pitch in, I come in the product <laughs> demonstration. <laughs> all good, no, no, it, it, it makes sense. Um, what uh, I found interesting as well is um, obviously with the enterprise, when you've got a customer market that is full of enterprises and we talk about sales in enterprises, um, big enterprises typically have big systems and big CRMs in, in play. Right. And right. Um, I can imagine that for many a sales guy, this, this could also because it's new, because although it's, I could be comfortable with technology, you're playing mm -hmm. around with my sales techniques and my sales funnel. Um, mm -hmm. How have you found that um, different enterprises and their different CRMs and their different processes, do you find that you have to manipulate your product to fit each enterprise individually? Or does it seem to just organically fit into every enterprise as it is? Right, it's 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 a pretty decent, it's it's a pretty interesting question. So so, uh, uh, the product has the set of elements or set of features which can be plugged on, plugged off. So uh, we we when we tap into a particular sector, let's say manufacturing, uh, our our way of approaching the particular problem or our way of 
creating the game narrative and creating the personas to to hook a particular user will be quite different because because uh, because the 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 use case or the problem statement or the product literature which they deal with are very different to retail product literature at the same time uh, uh, if we are dealing with users who are in the tier 2 tier 3 cities and if we are dealing with users who are in the tier 1 cities and the mncs uh, the again the personas changes and we have to tweak in our product parameters or tweak in our user journeys and other elements to match the hook of the particular users okay all right thank you thank you um we we spoke earlier around uh, how you had to ideate on the product um, and prototype different concepts of how the product would would come to be um if we talk about um product pricing did you find you also had to do that with the price in order to fit it into the market mm, uh to an extent, no, because we realize uh, uh, when we hit like 10, 12 customers, we realize we are pricing way lower to what enterprise enterprise solutions are pricing. So in, a, in that way, we have consulted, we consulted with a lot of uh, business leaders or whom we call as gurus or mentors who come up and tell like, this, this, this is the way you price, this is the way you rightly price your product because, right. because your your cost to customer acquisition and lifetime value of a customer should merge in over a period of time. So, so if, you, if you keep pricing low, because probably you are the early movers in the market, but at, at one point you have to match that and, and keep your revenue flow happening. Okay. Um, and, and going hand in hand with pricing um, is obviously retaining customers and reducing churn. Um, how as a business... Um, uh, do you do you tackle that? Is it is it the technology just seems to work? Is there ongoing business relationship um, uh, activities to maintain um, the relationship between you and your customers in a face to face or picking up the phone type piece? Uh, what, what techniques do you do to to keep and retain the customers? Right. Uh, so so so. so. So before that, I have to little dig into how our selling happens and, and how we sell our license. So it's like okay. SaaS product where we sell per user per user licensing fee and they pay a set of fee upfront and then they buy license per user. They pay us like three months, three months, three months and they renew for one year. If they pay a one year amount or one shot, we give give them a, prop, a set of discounts. right? Yeah. And then after one year, they resign it. So, so the good news is like as I mentioned earlier that uh, 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 we are a company who 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 have been able to retain ninety above ninety five percent of our customers for a third consecutive year, and and that has led to so that and that has led to the revenue flowing, constant revenue flowing in, and and we could invest that amount in our product roadmap and developing more features. Now coming to pricing uh, 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 the particular customer. So uh, what happens is uh, typically, typically when when uh, we charge a particular amount and then and then uh, uh, and then uh, once you launch a product, so the initial buying in happens with the decision makers like CXOs or the business heads. But after that, it's a one-to-one engagement with a user who will be like on-field sales guys or regional, regional sales guys or the territory heads. And our retention 
for the next consecutive cycle next consecutive years depends on the feedback of those sales guys uh, to their to their uh, seniors or to their boss and that and at the same time the the ROI or the business impact which we can uh, quantify to an extent so also for us what we try to do uh, i mean we follow something called as mad philosophy mechanic aesthetics and dynamics so on top of features we try to uh, we try to get a personal connect uh, association with the client uh, based on the user personas let's say uh, in a particular reason so as you might be ever in india we have like 20 30 different festivals going on over the month right so uh, one of our top manufacturing client who who where we deployed our product for 80 different locations so uh, when so every month we try to figure out what the what is the regional festival that is going on and try to hook in the player journey based on the regional festival or in a way if there is some uh, diwali going on or or there is some uh, uh, local event going on or there is some cricket match going on we try to put in the during olympics time we 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 had designed this game journey of road to rio so so user travels from mumbai uh, to dubai to london and finally rio and then this is how we try to hook in on an individual basis okay that's really interesting so you it, yeah. you've got uh, the ability to refresh the product theme in order to assist with that sales drive yeah. um that, that's really interesting brilliant um I think you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier that the team's uh, up to 18 people now um, in in the business. Is that right? 14 plus uh, channel partners across three different locations. Yeah. And, and on the on the technology side of the business, um, uh, how how did you go about scaling the team appropriately? Did you start off with just yourself um, uh, coding or? Was there a, a few of you that, that that was writing code in the early days, and you've scaled accordingly? How, what 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 what? How did that play out for you over the last sort of two and a half three years? Right. Uh, so currently, we uh, a technology front. We are a bunch of six guys who right. code, design, and test around. So initial days, I was the one who used to put on those thought process in the product, and then there's used to be one guy who used to code and show me or get get reviewed. the layout from me and then uh, going forward keeping in mind the product roadmap we we keep into picture the three different elements that we don't build features uh, uh, build build multiple features at one go and and we try to so initially when it when we build the product we had like 8 10 different features but later on when when we started giving out shipping out the product to users and we had like 1000 2000 3000 users we start realizing that out of these features certain features are not even used by the product so so we followed something kind of a anti product roadmap where we first decided internally that we we going to remove these features before bringing in a new feature yeah. so 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 uh, so our investment on product technology or roadmap it's not that too much extent we try to ensure that whatever we had uh, is is been touched upon by the users and is been appreciated by the users okay that's that's really interesting to see and i can um, what i'm hearing there is is you're looking after your code you're clearing up your tech debt you're revalidating your features as you go because you don't want to support redundant features that no one's using right. and that's um that, that's great to that's great to hear um can i ask over the last sort of two and a half three years is is there anything you'd 
you'd uh, wish you'd done differently. Um, that now, with the benefit of hindsight, um, you'd look back and go, oh, I, would have, I wouldn't have spent six months doing that. I would have done this instead. Is there any of those stories you've got for us? Uh, I mean, I would not tell each other story. It's a learning phase for us. So initially, as I mentioned earlier, right, uh, when we build a product, we never had thought through that what could be the right use case or what could be the segment we're going to target to. And at the same time, we, we end up spending like close to nine months to one year trying to figure out where should we position and what should be our market positioning. At the same time, if we if we try to coin a new terminology like alternative learning gamification to educate a particular client or CXOs and to break in the old school uh, mindset and get in the buying is like a little uh, like like uh, burning our fingers to an extent. So we could have done that better in a way if, if we are smart enough, if we know that this is the route you should have taken and taking the longer route. But but that's okay. We have learned the hard way and we, we, we will we'll try to improvise uh, in every step of our journey. Brilliant. Well, I, th- I think for um, those amongst the product community that are watching this that have SaaS products and are pitching to enterprises, that's a, that's a valuable lesson. Um, change, changing mindsets um, take, takes time is, is what I'm really hearing there. Um, so that's, that's fascinating. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, This has been a really interesting call, Varun, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk us through the product, the techniques, the stories, um, and uh, I I I think it's uh, really interesting. If if I'm correct, um, if people want to learn a little bit more about um, the the product, it's at letsoutsell.com. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, letsoutsell.com. And um, I'll share some links in uh, below this video. Um, for those who want to reach out to Varun on, on LinkedIn, etc. as well. Um, for now, Varun, um, thank you very much. As I say, um, it's, it's been really interesting. And um, yeah, uh, I look forward to, to catching up again soon. I really appreciate that. Thanks, Dave, for your time. All good. Thank you. Thanks, Bye-bye. guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, so, so there we go, um, Varun there from uh, Let's Outsell. Um, so it's been really interesting for me to hear um, so a little bit of depth to to the SaaS product Varun's got there at Let's Outsell, and um, uh, I can I'm just getting the feeling that it, it takes time to sell SaaS into an enterprise um, and 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 patience. And uh, what I've also heard from that is the fact that a co-founder of his was uh, an SME and had a strong network and uh, and already had uh, network success with enterprises has has been a a lever they've been able to to pull to to make headway on, on that getting that product into that industry. Uh, that's all from, from me for today. Uh, if you've, you've got a product or a product story that you'd like to share with the product community at productcoalition.com, um, please reach out to me. Um, either you'll find it on productcoalition.com, um, uh, the website there under product people, um, or you can just email me. It's j at productcoalition.com. Uh, until next time, uh, uh, good luck, goodbye, and uh, I'll speak to you soon.